Welcome to the Messy Progress Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Smith. In today's episode, I'm rolling solo and I'm talking about being a yes. And when I say being a yes, that can be kind of cliche. And when I say that you're a yes, it means that you have to be a no also at the same time. Because when you say yes to one thing, it's usually that you have to say no to something else. Just an example. I want to take a yoga class and I have work to do. So I have to say no to emails, responsibilities, obligations, expectations, being reachable. And I say yes to being unreachable and not working, knowing that by saying yes to that, it's actually giving more power at the end of the day to my work because I'll be able to go back being refreshed. So that's the saying is when you say no to something, it creates space to say yes to something else or taken in reverse. When you say yes to one thing, you are actually saying no to something else. In any given day, we do this thousands of times. So I gave you that first example and here's another one. And I bring this up because I hear it so often when someone's like, oh, I I couldn't make it. I was sleeping. I slept through my alarm. And sure, we might sleep through our alarm. But let's say at nighttime, we have the plan that we are going to go work out the next day or whatever list of things that you want to do the next day. I feel like for myself, I sort of make that mental list right before I go to bed. At that moment... We decide what time we're going to get up to make the day be what we want it to be. Typically, that requires setting an alarm clock unless we're blessed with not needing to set an alarm clock and, and, you know, unsurmountable amount of free time. We lay down, we fall asleep, and then before we know it, it's the morning and the alarm goes off. At that moment, we make a choice. We either hit snooze or we hit stop or whatever uh, button is on our alarm clock, and we're making a choice. We're either being a choice to getting out of bed and a no to sleeping longer, or we're a yes to sleeping longer, and whatever we had envisioned for the beginning of our day is no longer likely to happen. It happens so quickly that we're making that yes or no choice, but we've made a choice. And these yes or no choices continue throughout the day. Pay attention. You really are being at choice with everyone and everything. When you get in your car, you put your seatbelt on and you're a yes for safety and a no for a potentially life-threatening car accident. You've done it so many times though that you don't even realize it's a choice anymore, but it is. Driving in a car, kind of crazy, is considered one of the most dangerous, light, threatening things that we can do. And all of us get in a car almost every day without even thinking about it. Imagine if every day you woke up and you had the thought, I could die driving today. Would you ever travel? Would you ever get in a car? It's wild how we are saying yes to living, but we have no issues getting in our cars. You've been safe so many times, you just keep getting in the car. It was sort of like this at the beginning of the pandemic. 
We didn't understand much about COVID, so we didn't even leave our houses. We were scared, maybe rightfully so, because we didn't have the knowledge and the information. And when we learned more about it, we all began to make a conscious choice to either stay home in safety or to go out and engage in life. I'm not here to say what's right or wrong. We all have our own inner compass that says yes or no. This makes me think of my mom. She was always so freaked out about merging onto Palatine Road when we lived in Illinois. She would ask me to drive because she was so scared to get on the freeway. And it wasn't even a freeway, it was just a faster road. Then when she moved to Santa Barbara, she figured out how to get to Costco from downtown Santa Barbara without getting on the 101. And then one day she decided enough of that and she braved the highway. It was a big day. She made a choice to be a yes for a faster commute and she said no to her fear of merging on the highway. I was so proud of her and just loved her joy for these small wins. Generally speaking, There are busier times on the road than others, and we make choices of when we travel. Some of them choices, I guess. We sometimes have to get to a certain place at a certain time. I gave an example back in one of the previous episodes about how when I first had a job where I was living in the suburbs of Chicago and my company that I worked at was 18 miles from my house, not too far, but Chicago traffic was not based on, you didn't say like you lived 18 miles from someplace and it took you 18 minutes. It was like 18 miles could take two hours. So what I did was I made a choice. I laid out my clothes at night and packed my lunch for the next day because I hated being in traffic and I would get up at five o'clock in the morning, make my coffee, bring something to eat, drive in the car, it would only take me 20 minutes. So that 18 miles, like really only did take 18 minutes to get to my office. Right next to my office, there was a gym and I would go to the gym. I had avoided probably 40 minutes of traffic so that I could make time for myself to work out and be able to get into the office by 7.30, 8am. It's crazy. We're making these choices all, all the time. Another more recent example is There's an intersection I get to go through each day that I drive my daughter to preschool. It's the worst intersection trafficked configuration in history. For those that live in Santa Barbara, I'm talking about the Cabrillo underpass to get on the 101. It's mostly horrific, except for 5 a.m. And I'm 99% certain that I'll have to wait five minutes, which I know is not a long time, but it's like It just seems so silly with how many cars are able to actually get to turn left and go on the highway in a course of a couple lights. But I'm almost certain that will always take me five minutes to get on the highway. For some reason, there's something really exciting about the possibility of being wrong and feeling like I won the traffic game that morning. What I also notice is that if I'm in a good mood and I'm not rushed, meaning I don't have a timetable to hit, I will say yes to this path of travel. There are so many other ways that I could get onto the highway and get her to preschool, including not even getting on the highway. But I'll consciously choose this route regardless of the outcome. I will say yes to the possibility of winning the game and no to my feisty mood swings. 
and I'll, I'll be conscious about it. When I'm turning onto the street to get onto the highway, I'll have this like talk with myself, like, you know what's going to happen. You know what has the potential of happening. And I'll tell myself, talk to myself about almost like what mood I'm in. It's like today I'm, I can handle it. Some days, however, I have zero tolerance for traffic, waiting in lines of cars. And honestly, there's days I just struggle to be around people in general. I tend to drive faster on those days more aggressively. And no matter what happens, nobody can do anything right. Why does this happen? This happens to all of us. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know the answer to that question. What I do know from my own experience is that if I'm paying attention to my emotional volatility, I make better choices. When my emotions are high, cognition is low. I read this in a book recently by Eve Rodsky called Fair Play. When our emotions are high, our cognition is low. When our spouse, our partner, someone in our life has done something like left something out that they shouldn't have left out and we are in an emotional uproar, that thing is its not the time to say something about the thing that was left on the counter. Those are the times. It's not the time to drive on that really traffic-heavy road, but we have to pay attention to that. You could even consider it a safer choice to pay attention to that. So if I'm in a bad mood and I'm taking my daughter to school and I know that when I'm stuck in traffic, I drive faster, I'm more aggressive, I have zero tolerance for other people, I'm not being safe for her. So I should choose a different route. It's paying attention to these. An even better choice is to ask my husband to take on the daily grind of kid drop off and pick up on those days. But then why, when we're hanging on by a thread, do we not ask for support? This is like the million-dollar question. I don't know this the psychology again, but from my experience, I'm just not practiced in it. I get really scared that my request for help is going to get squashed, that someone's going to get mad at me, my request for support looks weak, or God forbid, I get called needy. Those are the scenarios that have played out in the past. A month after the completion of our last 30 Days to Level Up program, I asked one of the participants what she is still putting into practice for herself. She told me that she has set a boundary for herself and she's been setting boundaries for herself. And I said, tell me more. Give me an example. And she said, by 7 p.m., she's not picking up or doing things for other people in the house. Saying yes to a boundary means saying no to a lot of things. Her boundary is a brilliant example. Just moments after reading this message from her, I walked into the bathroom where my husband had just finished bath time with my daughter. I sat down to pee and I couldn't help myself but clean up the bathroom. And then I looked at my watch. It said 7.43 and I said, no more picking up after others. I went to my room to read my own book. An hour later, I walked down the stairs to lock our front door. I saw all the toys a mess everywhere on my living room floor. I felt that itchy feeling to clean up as I walked past them. But instead, I just kept walking, I locked the door, I had a drink of water, and I went to bed. Twice in one evening, I said yes to my own desires, my own boundaries, and I said no to cleaning. I know that can seem so stupid, 
but I hear this all the time from people talking about making time for what matters or not having enough time for X, Y, Z, working out, um, taking care of ourselves, eating good food. And when we actually look at how long it might take to do something, it takes just as long to order food, go pick it up as it would if you just made the food in your own house. But it takes this paying attention and being a yes for the thing we want to be a yes to and no to the other things. So what do you want to say yes to? Is it a workout, a daily routine for working out, a daily routine for a certain bedtime, a vacation, maybe feeling better in your body, a better relationship with your partner? It's going to say taking no to something so that you can say yes to these things. So I have a little exercise. On a piece of paper, make two columns. On the left, right yes list. And on the right, write no list. Start by first listing all the things you want to say yes to. Make a super exhaustive list. Don't edit it. Don't just like let it be a brainstorming session. You can edit later. After you finish making your yes list, write down the thing that you will have to say no to so that it happens. For example, if you are a yes to running in the morning, you may be need to be a no to sleeping in that day, or you might need to be a no to a glass of wine the night before. Another example, if you're going to say yes to a lunchtime yoga class, you may need to say no to meetings on your calendar between 11.45 and 1.15. Start being a yes. Trust your own inner compass of what needs to start happening. And trust me, the world really wants you to. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something away that you can use for your life. And you keep living a messy, bold life. It's the best kind.